I'm Ed Gross, author of the Voices from Krypton Oral History of Superman, coming from Nacelle Books in 2023. And this is the Voices from Krypton podcast, where we speak superhero. And we also happen to be pretty fluent in sci-fi and action. For several generations, George Reeves was, is, and ever shall remain the definitive Man of Steel, having starred in the 1950s television series Adventures of Superman, and being the first actor to don the famous costume for TV. This year marks what would have been George's 108th birthday and the 63rd anniversary of his death. So to look back at his life and career, we're talking to Jim Beaver, who many of you may know as Bobby Singer on Supernatural. But he's also a playwright, screenwriter, and film historian, and for decades has been working on what will ultimately be the definitive biography of George Reeves. You've been working on this biography for a long time, apparently. What is it? I mean, what is it about George Reeves that made you, compelled you to write this biography? Well, uh, my reasons have shifted over the years. Um, initially, it was a, uh, it started out as a magazine assignment um, many years ago. And uh, uh, now, of course, I'm a baby boomer, so I'd grown up with, um, with Reeves as, as my Superman and essentially the only one. Uh, because, you know, most, uh, for my generation, he was, there weren't any, there wasn't any competition. There weren't any other actors playing the part. Um, so he was the guy. Uh, but I was, um, I was working for a film magazine in New York and they asked me to do, uh, if I was interested in doing a piece on him and I said, sure because I remembered from when I was a kid, I was pretty fascinated with him. And uh, uh, as I began to dig into it, his story seemed much more interesting than I had realized. And I, the more people I talked to, the more I felt like there was, uh, uh, there was the, the subject here for, a, for an interesting book. Uh, obviously, most people... Uh, come to George Reeves with one or both of two angles. One is that he played Superman, and the other is the um, um, controversial circumstances of his death. Right. Um, as I began to dig into it, I got more interested in the fact that um, here was a guy who got pretty famous without ever really getting the trappings of success and uh, who, um, you know, Oscar Wilde said there are two tragedies in life. One is not getting what you want and the other is getting what you want. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, uh, in some ways, George Reeves got what he wanted, but it didn't play out the way he'd hoped. Um, and I, I found that pretty interesting. I'm, I'm an actor myself. I've made my living at it. Uh, and, and all along I felt a real kinship for, for him because, um, this is, this is a success story with very little actual success attached to it. Um, uh, this is not, um, this is not an actor who got rich and famous. It's an actor who got famous. 
Um, not that riches are the only interesting part. Right, but he never made the money. He never made the money that a person that famous or popular should have been making. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't terribly uncommon in those days for the star of a genre show that was very popular to not make very much money doing it. Um, uh, I doubt seriously that Clayton Moore made a bloody fortune playing the Lone Ranger. Um, uh, there was such a distinction in those days between um, television and movies. And then there was also the distinction between uh, serious television, quote unquote, and uh, and what was essentially thought of as children's television. Right. So um, it's it it would be a very different thing today, I think, um, uh, for for an actor like Reeves to get as famous as he got for playing probably the most famous superhero. I don't think that. Uh, uh, I don't think that he would, uh, in today's world, be thought of as or would think of himself as uh, a failure. I'm not saying that's what he did feel himself to be in the 50s, but uh, when you're making really good money, it's kind of hard to uh, feel like a total flop. Oh sure, uh, and um, uh, and again, I, I don't mean to imply that I think he thought he was a total flop, but I do think that um, uh, he he failed to get either the financial or the artistic success uh, that should have accompanied the fame. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I just. I found I found that I found that very interesting as an actor myself. As I began this book many many years ago, I uh, uh, I was I was very much attuned to what it's like to be a struggling actor, uh, hoping to find uh, just any job uh, that would keep me afloat, and realizing that here was a guy who was famous around the world who was at the same time in almost the same boat. Um, and to me, that was a lot more dramatic than just, okay, uh, this guy played Superman. Let's write a book about it. Right. Uh, and also I, I, I found, especially as the years went on that I had insights into his life just by virtue of being in the same profession that uh, that I thought were interesting because so many people think of stars as people who have it made in every aspect of their lives and uh, whose biggest problems arise from figuring out what to do with all their money. Um, and, uh, and I realized from my own experience and from talking to people who knew Reeves that um, uh, there's a whole other side to, to the story. And I found that really interesting. In 1957, uh, uh, 58, when when 
Superman went off the air and went out of production, um, that was that was the last time he worked uh, anywhere yeah. ever, and he still had another two years to live. Um, so it's um, uh, yeah, it was it was a very different situation then. Yeah, and uh, and I think one that he could have survived much uh, more happily. Uh, if some of the protections for actors were in place then that are now. Part of the tragedy of George Reeves, I think, though, beyond the money, and the money is, of course, a tragedy because, you know, everybody else was making money, you know, involved with this thing. Uh, yeah. But part of the tragedy, in my mind, has always been that here's a guy who felt trapped by Superman by the fact that he was adored by children and what he felt he wasn't being taken seriously. And had he just mm-hmm. lived a few more years, it seems, at least in retrospect, it seems that he would have gotten a sense of the adults he had touched, of how his legacy would have you know, lived on, rather than being limited to what he thought it was in the 1950s. Yeah. So much of the um, melancholy I associate with his story is uh, about bad timing. Not necessarily his bad timing, but uh, throughout his career, certain events took place or didn't take place at just the wrong time. Um, uh, what you're speaking of, if he had, if he had lived longer, or if his career as Superman had been placed slightly later. Right. Uh, he would have he would have seen not only financial benefits but uh, the the kind of respect and uh, um, attention to the work he was doing that uh, that probably he didn't quite grasp. Oh no! Uh, and uh, and you know there was there are so many examples in the story of his life of. Uh, you know, things just not working out because they didn't time out correctly. And, uh, and the one you mentioned is, is maybe the biggest, yeah. uh, uh, in, in terms of, I mean, and, and I don't want to, uh, I, I certainly don't want to feed into the notion that it was purely Superman related matters that led to his death. Uh, oh, no. There was a lot. There was a lot more going on in his life, but had he lived, I do think he would have seen a great deal more value in what he had achieved. Right. Absolutely. Now you're talking about the other stuff going on in his life, the whole thing with. Um, oh no! I'm gonna, what is it, Tony Maxwell? I mean, and all that stuff. Uh, not Maxwell. Tony Mannix. Mannix. Yeah. Thank you, Max. I'm sorry. Uh, and all, you're talking about all that stuff in his private life that was going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a story yeah, in itself. I mean, yeah, it is. It's um, uh, it's for a lot of people. It's the focal point, uh, and uh, maybe there's some good reason for that. In that, um, I don't think his private life would have gotten the kind of attention it's gotten. Uh, if if uh, 
if his death hadn't occurred the way it did. Uh, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty easy to imagine that it would not have gotten that kind of attention because you look at other iconic uh, hero actors like Clayton Moore, like even William Shatner. Uh, uh, people aren't spending inordinate amounts of time digging into their private lives. Right. But he knows for certain what happened at the end of his life means that his private life has gotten a great deal of attention. I don't know. I don't find it the most interesting part of the man, but it's certainly the peg that uh, a lot of people hang his story on. Well, sure. Did he kill himself? Was he murdered? I mean, you know, it's it's like it is a big question. Uh, Absolutely. But there's a lot like you said, there's a lot more to him than than that. Yeah, it's um, uh, I you know, it's human nature. If someone doesn't live out their supposedly allotted lifespan or if something happens to someone that there is question about what really happened, uh, it's very natural for human beings to look at that and go, okay, let's start pulling the threads out here and see if we can unravel this. Right. Um, it's, uh, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes, uh, uh, the mystery is, is something that we as, curious people just sort of, uh, create. Um, but, um, I don't, I don't personally, after many, many, many years of research, think that there's all that big a mystery as to what happened to him. But the fact is that people will always disagree about it. And that sort of perpetuates a sense of mystery. Now, did you? I assume you fall on the side of him killing himself rather than being murdered, or am I wrong? I I didn't start that way. Oh, really? I was okay. I came I came into the story absolutely convinced that he had been murdered, but uh, I I talked to too many experts uh, and too many people who were very close to him near the end to uh, continue believing that, um, uh, as with an awful lot of things, uh, there are things people believe because that's what they've always heard right. or because they saw it on a cop show once, uh, which aren't actually factual uh, or, or accurate ways of looking at uh, evidence. Um, I, it took me a very long time to come around, but I very much did come around to the idea that uh, all of the forensic evidence and a great deal of the uh, personal evidence of people who knew him closely at the end of his life, that uh, uh, in all probability, and I don't say this with certainty, but I'm convinced of it, uh, in all probability, he took his own life, drunken uh, despair that may not have been his daily attitude, but happened to be at that moment when things came together in a way that uh, felt really bad. And he had enough alcohol in his system 
to do something impulsive. Right. Um, uh, he, he had a history of, uh, impulsive behavior when he was inebriated. And, um, um, and I've, I've heard from, uh, seemingly reliable sources of a couple of occasions where, um, uh, he made efforts or gestures toward taking his own life, usually when inebriated right. doesn't mean that that's what happened, but, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the Occam's razor suggests that the simplest answer is usually the correct one. Um, and, uh, uh, and the answer that fits the actual forensic circumstances, uh, is, is found closest in the idea of an impulsive, uh, but self committed act. <laughs> I could be wrong. The thing is, that uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of factors that play into that, and not all of them have to do with uh, getting to the actual finite truth. Um, that's not to suggest that people are are lying or are fibbing, but I think sometimes they fib fib to themselves, and that's not just the general public speculating on, on, uh, Reeves death, but, uh, even, even friends and family, uh, no one has, uh, no one I think is very comfortable with the idea that someone they care about would take their own life. Right. I don't, I don't know of anybody who thinks, Oh, well, that's a great way to go. <laughs> I you don't know, think I'm so. so yeah. glad, I'm, I'm so glad my friend killed himself right. uh, rather than lived out to a, a nice ripe old age. Uh, the more you care about someone, whether it's uh, genuinely personal as, as a friend or, or a member of your family or in a devoted fandom, the harder it is to accept the idea that um, that this person we care about could be in that kind of pain. Right. Um, I, I think my guess is that we, we, it doesn't fit our story of how we relate to that person. Um, there's certainly within families, there's lots of denial. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, most, most suicides leave families, at least some people in the family, saying it's not possible. He or she wouldn't have done that. Right. Uh, uh, that was certainly the case with Reeves' mother. Uh, uh, she, she simply could not accept the fact. And in large part, it was her lack of acceptance that, um, that built the drama around his death. Um, there were plenty of people who knew him who fully accepted the idea that he might've taken his own life. Um, 
And uh, despite the notions that get uh, thrown around about the corrupt Los Angeles Police Department, um, there's there's um, I, I've spoken with a number of the police officers who were involved in the case, and uh, it uh, there's simply there's simply uh, very little actual evidence to suggest that uh, it made a difference to them uh, that they had any reason to sway the case one way or the other. Um, uh, And there's very little to suggest that they didn't uh, follow standard procedure in investigating the case. Um, It's um, so I, a lot of the drama, a lot of the controversy has grown in part out of Reeves' own mother's inability to accept the fact that her son might have uh, been in such a bad place that he could take his own life. Right. I think perhaps if she had uh, been able to accept that, the rest of us might have been able to accept it. Um I don't know, you know, and the fact is there's a, there are enough questions to legitimately raise doubts in people's mind. Sure. I just think most of those questions have pretty solid traditional answers. I'm not researching this in order to uh, feed into the popular notion. My only interest is, okay, who is this guy? Right was his life, what was his death, and what do they mean? And um, I, I can't, it's, I'm not writing a novel here. Right. Uh, and, and therefore, I don't, have, I don't have a climax that I'm writing toward. Um, uh, it's, um, it doesn't do me, you know, I could probably sell a lot more books if I proved, quote unquote, a murder. The one thing that one advantage I've had is that I I started this early enough. I mean, it's dragged on for decades. Yeah. Um, uh, but because I started it in this, uh, my started my research in the late 70s, uh, I was able to talk to many, many, many people who are long gone now. Wow. And, uh, and I have, uh, I have taped conversations with, with hundreds of people who knew George well, and, uh, uh, including people who were, you know, I keep harping on this notion of people who were very close to him in the last year of his life. Right. One of the problems with, with a show like Superman is that if something, if a story comes up about somebody who was on the show, for decades, they went to other people who were on the show to get their facts. Right. And uh, which meant that uh, whenever the topic of George's life or death came up, uh, Jack Larson and Noel Neal would get interviewed. Even though, uh, as much as they loved George, both of them would admit that they, they didn't see much of him in the last year or two of his life. Because they weren't making the show anymore. Right. And uh, uh, I mean, I've been on 
Supernatural for 14 seasons now. And uh, I don't think any of the series regulars on that show have ever been to my house, and I've never been to uh, theirs. Right. Uh, uh, we're friends. Uh, I love to see them. I love to work with them. But I don't know what they're doing from day to day. And it's only been three or four months since uh, the last time I worked with them. Right. Um, uh, actors, actors largely do their job and go home and they, they see their co-stars uh, at the studio. And if they're not at the studio, they may not have much idea at all what's going on with them. Uh, in George's case, it had been a couple of years uh, since, uh, uh, almost, since they had worked together. And uh, uh, they, they might have crossed paths here and there, but they were not the people to tell you, oh, here's what George was feeling the last six months of his life. Right, because they weren't uh, there. They didn't know him then. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the people who were there are not necessarily people that are well known to the public. Um, uh, for example, George was was a silent partner in an electronics store, and uh, his his partner who ran the store uh, saw him almost every day the last six eight months of his life. Really, and his his picture of what George's attitude toward life and the world during that time is very different from Noel Neal's um, uh, because he was there every day. He was, he encountered him uh, uh, just about every day. He saw him the last day of his life and uh, he was not surprised at all uh, when he heard that George had killed himself. Wow. Um, uh, so, but, you know, if you're, if you're doing, uh, entertainment tonight, it's a lot cooler to get Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane in for your inner to talk about him when, um, uh, you know, I, I suspect that, um, any show from, from, uh, a few years back, if you've got one of the cast members, online to talk about one of the other cast members personal life that they would make certain guesses but might not be up to date Absolutely. and i think that was i think that was the case with with reeves um uh a lot of a lot of the stories about how happy he was or wasn't uh came from people who were kind of the automatic go-to's to interview about him, right. even though they weren't necessarily uh, day in and day out uh, active in his life. So uh, none of this changes the fact that uh, we will probably never know for certain. Voices from Krypton will be right back. <laughs> 